So we are wrapping up, as he said, this series that we are calling Take a Stand. And um, if it is your first time here, welcome. My name is John, lead pastor around here. And what we've been doing over the last four weeks is we've been taking a look at the various times in Daniel's life that he took a stand for God. And we've just been sort of wondering, okay, what would it look like in our lives to sort of mirror that and, and take a stand for the right reasons, for the right things in the right time? And as we wrap up today, as we wrap up this series, I want to take a look at what would it look like for us to stand firm in our faith? Because I believe there are some of you here today, or there's some of you watching at home right now, who have been praying for a long time, a long time, that God would do something, and yet you haven't seen God move that in spite of your prayers, you just haven't seen any results. And I don't, I don't know your story, but maybe for you, you know, you're, you're praying for a, a wayward child. Maybe, maybe you've been praying that you could have kids. Maybe you've been praying for that special someone, or you've been praying that God would bring you a spouse. Maybe you're praying for employment or, or a marriage that's on the rocks. Whatever the case may be, if I have described you, my prayer all week, literally all week, is that God would minister to your heart today. In fact, today's message is very, very simple. It's very simple, but there is one goal in mind, and that is encouragement. I, I want those of you who have been crying out to God to leave today feeling encouraged, empowered, and energized. Now, to that end, let me set the stage for our final story. If you remember all the way back to week three, if you were with us, I mean, pardon me, week one, you remember that in the beginning, King Nebuchadnezzar, our old friend, he besieged Jerusalem, ransacked it, effectively destroyed the temple, captured the Jewish people, including Daniel, and brought what could be upwards of tens of thousands of Jews back down into what was then called Babylon or modern-day Iraq as we now know it. And for the last 80 years in this story, over the last three weeks, Daniel has been praying to God that God would restore that ransacked temple and that God would release these captured, imprisoned Jews and allow them to go back home. Well, one day, God gives Daniel a vision, as he often does. And Daniel, it says, understood that vision concerned events certain to happen in the future, times of war and great hardship. Now, the truth is, this vision that God gave Daniel really disturbed Daniel. Because in spite of the 80 long years of living in this foreign country, in spite of decades and decades of prayer to God that things would get better, based on this vision, it now seems that there's just no end in sight. It says that when this vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three weeks. Now, all that time, I'd eaten no rich food. No meat or wine crossed my lips. And I used no fragrant lotions until those three weeks had passed. So for three weeks, 21 days, Daniel is fasting and he is praying. Now, there are a number of reasons why we fast. Interestingly enough, a lot of Christians don't fast. Jesus just assumed that we would be fasting. But there is a number of reasons why we fast. At its core, it helps us to focus on God. 
removes sort of the distractions in our lives and in our world, and it super concentrates our prayer life. And at the end of these three weeks, at the end of these 21 days of Daniel crying out to the Lord, God gives Daniel a second vision. And on April 23rd, I love the specificity, on April 23rd, as I was standing on the bank of the great Tigris River, I looked up and I saw a man. Now let's stop here for a second. Because Daniel is about to go into great detail as to what this man looks like, as to what he sees. Now there is all kinds of theological debate as to who exactly this man is. Now I'm going to read it to you, and I want you to let the details just sort of watch over you and let it penetrate your heart, and you can make a decision who you think it is. And then I'm going to circle back, and I'm going to tell you what the theories are, what theologians believe. He says, I looked up and saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning, and his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and his feet shone like polished bronze, and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. That's quite a description. Now, many theologians, I would say most, but many, a large majority, believe that Daniel has just come in contact with what is called the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. Pre-incarnate means before flesh. Now, Jesus has been around forever, since the beginning of time. He was there at the creation of the world. It says nothing was created that wasn't created through him. Jesus just was incarnated, put on flesh 2,021 years ago. But when you read the Old Testament, there are several instances, according to theologians, when the pre-incarnate Jesus showed up on the scene. In fact, it happened one other time in Daniel. We just didn't cover that story. So what is it about this description that makes theologians believe that Daniel has just been in the presence, has just seen Jesus Christ, the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ? Well, this description here is strikingly similar to how John, in the book of Revelations, how John had a vision of Jesus, the glorified Jesus, in heaven. Take a look at John, as we know, describing Jesus in heaven. He, Jesus, was dressed in a long robe with a gold strip of cloth around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze metal glowing in a furnace. His voice sounded like rushing waters. I mean, they're basically identical. I mean, you, 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 I mean depending on the translation, you, they're almost absolutely identical. So it would be completely appropriate to assume that the man that Daniel has just seen is going to be interacting with is, in fact, Jesus Christ. Now there's another school of thought that believes that this divine messenger is an angel, perhaps even Gabriel, who we know that God used frequently to deliver important messages to people here on earth. In fairness, I don't know where I fall. I mean, it's pretty obvious this description looks very similar to what we see in Daniel and Revelations, but something's going to happen that makes me wonder if it might be an angel, and you're going to get there in just a little bit. But no matter who it is, Jesus, an angel, this divine messenger was sent on behalf of God to Daniel. Daniel says, only I 
Only I saw the vision. The men with me, I didn't see anything. I saw nothing. But they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. Very similar with Paul's experience, if you're familiar with the New Testament, when Paul had uh, that Damascus Road experience, when Jesus, the risen Jesus, appeared to him. The men in his traveling party heard the voice, but couldn't see Jesus. What I love about that, what I love about this, is it, it speaks to this idea that there are many times in this life when God has something just for you. We talked about this in small group this week. There are these times in this life when God has something just for you. And maybe for you that happened during music today. Maybe it was, a, it was, it was a, a note you heard, or a verse, or just a word, and, and it was as though God was speaking directly into your life, so much so that, you know, you leaned over to the person you're with, and you go, wow, how amazing was that? And they look back, and they go, amazing, I don't know, the coffee's decent, I guess, and it, it's, like, it's like they didn't even hear the song that you just heard. Happens all the time with the messages, all the time. I'll give a message, and I'll go out and afterwards, and you know, stand by one of the high tops, anybody wants to chat or whatever. I remember one time somebody come up to me and go, eh, not my favorite. <laughs> Afterwards, he came up to me and he was in the first row. He goes, that was me, wasn't it? I go, yeah, it was you. Eh, not my favorite. Not your best work. I said, oh, fine, not a problem. But uh, 10 minutes later, not making this up, 10 minutes later, somebody else comes up and goes, John, it was like I was the only person in that room today. And, and, you, and you were speaking right to me. It was exactly what I needed to hear. Same message, different experience. Has nothing to do with me. Has nothing to do with Christina or Christian or Brock or Scott. I mean, it, this is simply what happens. This is simply what happens when God has something specific and special just for you. And it's in that moment that the God of the universe reaches out through time to speak into your heart and to touch your life. That's how much he loves you. So in this moment, Daniel is having a, a, a special moment with God. He says, so I was left all alone to see this amazing vision. My strength left me. My face grew deathly pale and I felt very weak. Then... I heard the man speak, and when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted and lay there with my face to the ground. If you've ever had a moment where you truly experience God, you get this. It's like you have no words. You're, you're brought to tears. You're filled with awe. It's, it's like you're your spirit just trembles, for lack of a better word. I love when I hear people say, hey, you know, when I get to heaven, when I get to heaven, the very first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go find Jesus. And I'm going to go ask him why this particular thing happened in my life. Right, sure you are, okay? Based on, based on the scripture that I read, when you get to heaven, you're going to fall on your face and you're going to worship Jesus, okay? And you're going to forget every question you ever had because it doesn't matter anymore because you are now in the presence of God. Just then, Daniel says, a hand touched me and lifted me, still trembling, to my hands and knees. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. Some of you don't realize 
how precious you are to God. Some of you don't realize you are precious to God. You don't realize how valuable you are in the eyes of God. You don't realize there is nothing that you could do to make God love you more. And there's nothing you could do to make God love you less. God loves you, not not because that's what he does. It's because that's who he is. That is his nature. God is love. Daniel, you are very precious to God. So, listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Now, if you're here today and you are someone who has been praying for God to move in your life for a long time, and you've not seen God move in your life, what you're about to hear from this divine messenger has the potential to change everything. Because this divine messenger, whether it's the angel Gabriel, whether it's Jesus Christ himself, looks at Daniel and says, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray, since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God, your request has been heard in heaven. And I have come to answer your prayer. If you have been praying for a long time, years even, and you're starting to wonder, is this even worth it? Am I wasting my time? Is God even hearing my prayers? I mean, are they making it past the ceiling? This messenger from God is letting every single one of us know that the first time you prayed, God heard your cry. The moment you released that prayer into God's hands, he received it. The first time you prayed for your child, the first time you prayed for healing, the first time you prayed for your marriage, God heard it. Heaven heard it. And Jesus teaches us that God loves persistent prayer. And in our persistence, God will draw you nearer to him. He will align your will to his perfect will. And oftentimes, he will give you exactly what you've prayed for. And sometimes, he will bless you beyond your wildest dreams. The first time you cried out to God, he heard your prayer. But why aren't we seeing any results? Why aren't we seeing any action, God? Why aren't we seeing any movement? I mean, why is it that we have been praying for so long and it just seems like God is doing nothing? Well, this divine messenger is about to let us in on a little secret. And that is there is a lot more going on behind the scenes when it comes to your prayers than you realize. He says, Daniel, God heard your prayer the first time. I am here to answer your prayer. But for 21 days, the entire time you were praying and fasting, but for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Huh? The who of the what? 
The spirit prince of the king. What are you talking? Listen. This is incredibly interesting what's happening right here. This is one of those verses, to be honest with you, you're never going to hear preached in church because this is one of these things that we only talk about in seminary classes, behind the scenes. You're smart people. That's why you come to this church and at the risk of losing you, I want to try to walk you through the heck this is about. I, I want you to be aware of exactly what is being revealed to us right here in Daniel 10, verse 13. What you're seeing here is a specific, geographical, real-world example of Satan's power here on this earth. Let me pull the curtain back, so to speak, on the unseen world for a moment. Stick with me. That's where I might lose you. We're familiar with Satan. We got that, right? The devil, Satan, not a problem. That's okay. Now, Jesus, when he speaks about Satan, Jesus refers to Satan as the prince of this world. This is Jesus speaking here. That's because the devil, the prince of this world, has already been judged. So, so prince is his title. Then we got Paul, takes it a step further, and he says something a lot of us are familiar with. Paul says, we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. So clearly, based on Jesus' use of the term prince and Paul's word choice of evil rulers and authorities and principalities and all, that there is some type of evil hierarchy that has been laid over this earth. You got your princes, you got your rulers, you got your authorities. Where did this come from? We don't have a ton of information on that. But we have one verse. And whenever you only have one verse, you got to be careful. You never want to build a theology based on just one verse. But we got one verse. That's all we got to work with. And the verse that we do have is hotly debated. But in Deuteronomy 32.8, we have this little glimpse. When God Most High divided up the nations. When he divided up humankind, he decided people's boundaries based on the number of the gods. And in Hebrew, this word for the gods here, in two other locations in the Old Testament, refers to evil beings. So it would appear that when Satan and his army rebelled against God and were kicked out of heaven, that God divided up the earth created nations and areas and allowed each area to be governed, so to speak, by an evil entity. Satan being the prince of the world. And in Daniel's case, for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked this guy's way, actively prevented this prayer from being answered which is why I struggle with this being Jesus, as I mentioned in the beginning. Because I just can't imagine Jesus struggling with anything. But this is, you know, above my pay grade. I don't know that stuff that well. Maybe there's something else going on there that I don't understand. But let me just take this a step further. If what I've been taught is true, if what I've just laid out for you is correct, that most likely means that there's a spirit prince of America and a spirit prince of Florida and Broward County, and Fort Lauderdale, 
and maybe even your street. We don't know. We can't see that world. But it makes total sense why Paul says that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the powers and the principalities and the evil rulers of the unseen world. Now, why spend so much time on this? Because for 80 years and 21 days, Daniel prayed and saw nothing. Morning, noon, and night, he cried out to God and he saw nothing. But just because we don't see anything doesn't mean that God isn't doing something. Because unbeknownst to Daniel, God heard his prayer the first time. Unbeknownst to Daniel, God dispatched angels immediately. And for three weeks, 21 days, God was in battle trying to answer Daniel's prayer. And it makes me wonder, what if right now, I mean, like literally in this moment, maybe even in this room, God is battling for you. I mean, you thought your prayers didn't get hurt. You thought they didn't make it past the ceiling. But what if all around you right now, heaven's forces are waging war to save your marriage? What if heaven's forces are fighting to help your children? What if they're wrestling to just bring you peace? Maybe you've been praying for weeks and months and years and you have seen nothing. But what if all this time, God behind the scenes has been orchestrating a response to your prayer? What if he's been moving the pieces of your life and this world around like a game of chess in order to accomplish your request? Truth is, God heard your prayer the first time. And he continues to hear your prayer. We simply don't realize how much God is doing behind the scenes. So our job, to stand firm in your faith. Keep praying because God is coming. But let's get real for a moment. You're tired. You're beaten. You are drained. I mean, you are on the verge of giving up because you have been praying for years. Some of you will get to a place in your faith where you feel like you got nothing left. You are at the end of your strength. But scripture says that when we are weak, then we are strong because that's when God's power becomes most real. And the reality is this, until you fully embrace your weaknesses, you will never fully experience or appreciate the power of God. Daniel describes his situation like this. He goes, how, how can someone like me, your servant, talk to you, my Lord? My strength is gone, and I can hardly breathe. This captures where some of you are right now. My strength is gone. I have been hanging on to this marriage. My strength is gone. I have been, I have, I'm at the end of my financial rope. My strength is gone. I have been praying for God to move for years. My strength is gone. I can hardly breathe. Then, the one who looked like a man touched me again and I felt 
my strength returning. For some of you, this is what you need today. This is your God moment. One touch and your faith is restored. One touch and you are coming back to Christ. One touch and you are believing in God for that thing that you stopped believing in him years ago. One touch. And it's enough to keep you going. One touch and everything changes. One touch. And I felt my strength returning. Don't be afraid, he said, for you are very precious to God. Peace. Be encouraged. Be strong. You can stand firm in your faith because the first time you prayed, God heard it. And he released his angelic forces on your behalf. And God may do exactly what you prayed for. Or he may not. But we can trust him no matter what. Because he loves about you. He loves you. He cares about you more than you care about yourself. And he knows what is best for us. And just because we don't see anything doesn't mean that God is not doing something. So what's the practical? What do you do with a message like this? Every single week here at DHC, we put this word in the screen because we want to make sure you can leave on a Sunday and know exactly what to do with what you've heard. And what we saw in this series is that for 80 years and then 21 days, Daniel prayed that God would restore that temple that he would free his fellow Jews. And so in light of that, here's, here's my question for you. What's that one thing you've been praying for? What is that thing that you are so concerned about, so burdened for, that you can't stop thinking about it? Is it that wayward child in your life? Is it a marriage that is just holding on for dear life? Is it that call you got from the doctor? What is that thing that you are so passionate about that you can't help but knock on the doors of heaven every day and every night? Lord, answer me. Lord, answer me. If you don't move, it's not going to happen. When Jesus taught about prayer, he emphasized one thing more than anything else, and that is this. When you pray, don't give up. Just because heaven seems silent, keep asking. Just because no one's answering the door today, keep knocking because you have no idea. You have no idea what's happening behind the scenes, what God is doing at this moment on your behalf. So keep sending your prayers to heaven, trusting that God heard them the first time and he is working on your behalf. Now I want to do something today that we've never done before because I, I firmly believe there's power in this room. I believe that when we come together as Christians to worship God, something different happens here. And so what I want to do today is I want to harness that power for a time of prayer. For the next two minutes or so, 
Christina's going to lead us in some quiet music. This is an opportunity for you. In your seats, in your heart, in the presence of your fellow believers, to call on God. That prayer that you've been sending to heaven for days, weeks, months, and years, pray it today. In the presence of everyone here, ask God to move visibly in your heart that today, if it is his will, would be the day that the answer comes. Now, for those of you who at this moment don't have a burden of prayer, and that could be a lot of you, I just want to challenge you to do battle on the behalf of others. You don't need to know their name. You don't need to know their story. God knows all of that. But for the next two minutes or so, I would just challenge you in your own way to go before God. Praying for those in this room who are in desperate need, desperate need of answered prayer. Pray that God would bind the hands of the enemy and that he would move in a powerful and visible way in the lives of your DHC friends. And after an appropriate amount of time when Christina feels led, she's going to close us in a song and then I'll come back out and I'll pray. Dearly Father, only you really know the prayers of our hearts what some of us have been pouring out for days, weeks, months, and years, God, and I just pray that today, if it is your will, you would show up in a powerful and visible way. Lord, that today would be the day. Today would be the day, Lord, if it is your will, that these prayers would be answered. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, God, I pray that you would allow us to be strong and be encouraged and to know that you are coming. We place all of these requests at the feet of Jesus. Amen.